Hello everyone, welcome back to the Black and Red Book Review Podcast. For those of you joining me for the very first time, welcome. My name is Doc, and on the Black and Red Book Review Podcast, I read, critique, mock, pick apart, and explain the broader context of white nationalist, far-right, uh, far fascist, neo-Nazi literature. I read this shit so that other people don't have to. And before we begin, I would like to clarify that... As I've previously explained on this podcast, there is a difference of degree and of kind between white nationalism and neo-Nazism. White nationalism is the belief that white people are a historical and biological fact, a distinct subset of humanity with their own needs and goals, that all Europeans are the same, uh, all Europeans can be contained within a white race, and that the white race is in danger, uh, and that it needs and deserves its own quote-unquote ethno-state in order to ensure the biological survival of a distinctive white race. This may sound like Nazi shit to you, and that's because it largely is. But neo-Nazism is an aesthetic choice. Not all white nationalists choose to wear the swastika. A lot of them are too smart for that. Not all of them are too smart for that. There are many who are dumb enough to fly swastika in public and not care that they uh, are doing Nazi shit. They don't care about the consequences of that. And in today's episode of this podcast, we're going to be covering the New Zealand Shooters Manifesto from 2019. So for those of you who may not remember, in 2019, a man named... I'm not going to name him on this podcast. Uh, This will be the first episode where we do not name the author of the text that is because i'm bad with names i didn't bother looking up the person's name before i read the text and his name is unimportant we don't want to further inflame the fame of a white nationalist gunman who murdered innocent civilians but the gunman in question walked into multiple mosques in christchurch new zealand and murdered at least 15 people, if I remember correctly, uh, all of them peacefully worshipping at, at uh, daytime prayers and minding their own business. The gunman in question was uh, trying, claimed later after the fact when he was arrested that he had done the deed in order to preserve New Zealand as a white nation which was being invaded by foreign immigrants. Foreign immigrants like the gunman in question, who was himself an Australian. This is the first of many ironies and lack of self-awareness that are going to become apparent as we continue to cover this text. The text in question is often referred to as This Guy's Manifesto, but the proper title is The Great Replacement, a title it shares with a Lauren Southern quote-unquote documentary uh, that had been released prior to the Christchurch shooting not clear if this gunman had ever seen the shooting or not, but he is certainly in the same ideological ballpark as Lauren Southern. Now, the shooter in question uh, was born in Australia. Uh, He claims to have traveled around Europe, stopping off in France, stopping off in Germany, and meeting up with various white nationalists in these countries. He has a noted disdain for the Front National in France. Uh, Marine Le Pen's organization. Uh, he claims that they are all cowardly boomers and incapable of doing, quote-unquote, what needs to be done to preserve Europe as a distinctive place. Now, this may not have occurred to our white nationalist gunman author in question, 
but Marine Le Pen is not concerned with Europe as a thing. Her concern is France. She is a French far-right nationalist. She is essentially a Vichy French politician. She is not concerned with Europe as an institution as much. None of these people are concerned with Europe. That's why they're nationalists and hate the EU. That's kind of their thing. Uh, they certainly view these countries as white countries, but they'd have no problem with uh, forming alliances of convenience across borders, but they are in fact nationalists in Europe. They are not necessarily white nationalists across the board. Uh, white nationalism does tend to look different abroad than it does in settler colonial countries like the United States or New Zealand. Uh, so as we continue to go through this text here, it becomes very apparent that this man is writing to further inflame acts of violence. He specifically says more than once that he is doing what he is doing in order to inspire others to action. He uses the word action over and over and over and over again all through this text. And the reason he's doing this is because this manifesto is within the accelerationist tradition of white nationalist literature. So as a quick recap, because I've also covered this particular distinction on this podcast, there are essentially two forms of white nationalist literature that you can read, two broader camps. There are the legalists and there are the vanguardists. Legalists essentially believe that there, quote-unquote, is a democratic solution, as opposed to saying there is no democratic solution. And they believe that if they could just organize a party and get themselves elected, or perhaps infiltrate right-wing parties within a given state structure, they'll be able to meet their fundamentally nationalist, sexist, anti-working class, white nationalist goals without needing to do a whole violent armed revolution to overthrow the state and form a white ethnostate. The vanguardists, of course, reject all of that out of hand and would prefer to go shoot people and blow things up. Now, this gunman in question was obviously in the shoot people and blow things up category. Uh, for someone who is doing a shooting in Christchurch, he devotes a remarkable amount of the text to covering uh, his thoughts on gun rights in the United States. Uh, he has a marked contempt for the quote-unquote white man in the United States, a theme that has come up before in white nationalist literature, uh, basically the idea that white men in the United States are fundamentally cowardly schlubs who would rather drink beers and sit in front of their television sets and white sports and watch sports rather than uh, martyr themselves for the glory of the white race. This has also come up in Harold Covington's novels numerous times. Um... And the New Zealand gunman uh, claimed that by launching his shooting attack in New Zealand, this would cause a crackdown on gun rights within the United States, and that this crackdown on gun rights within the United States, which would inevitably follow his shooting up a mosque in Christchurch, this would spark a racial conflict within the greatest empire in the world at this time, and that this would further the goals of the global white nationalist movement. Obviously, that did not happen in 2019, although various uh, white nationalists have continued to launch terrorist attacks, and I do use the word terrorist very specifically. Uh, they have continued to launch terrorist attacks within the United States. 
And these terrorist attacks have continued to kill hundreds, uh, probably up to thousands of people by now. Most notably the Oklahoma City bombing, the Tree of Life synagogue shooting, the Poway shooting, the Walmart shooting in San Antonio, etc., etc., etc. The New Zealand gunman uh, believed that his acts would inspire further acts of terrorism, and that was his goal. Uh, he spends a lot of time obsessing over birth rates, quote-unquote, within the white race. Because, again, white nationalism is an ideology and a political tradition that fundamentally relies on a bastardized understanding of biology. Obviously, any biologist from Stephen Jay Gould down to now would tell you that race is a social construct and not a biological fact. I, for example, would racially be categorized as, uh, as white. Although I certainly wouldn't consider myself, you know, to be a white man with social social obligations to a to a thing called the white race. But certainly my, you know, black folks I know and Latin, Latino folks I know and Native American folks I know would call me white. And if they call me white, they call me white simply because I am not part of these uh, categorized others that are systematically kept down by a settler colonial state. I accept that. That's fine. It also affords me a lot of leeway to go do various crimes that I will not recount on this podcast. Um, which is not to say that I ha- am doing specific crimes at any given time. Merely that if I choose to go do a crime, it is much less likely that I will get caught. It's much less likely that I will be punished severely. Uh, and it's much less likely that I will uh, ever face really any consequences for doing things. It, I am not stopped and looked at sideways while walking down the street. Uh, I am not fundamentally targeted by armed state goons quite as much. And this is simply because of my ethnic background and the social coding that comes with my ethnic background. But for white nationalists, whiteness is a real thing. It is a biological fact. And it is a biological fact, a sort of species construction and their species as they see it is under attack it's under attack by eroding social privileges it's under attack by a changing climate it's under attack by immigration uh and the new zealand gunman goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on about immigration that's his one of his top concerns in this text is the belief that immigration is going to swamp white countries, and especially Europe, the continent. And he specifically lists white countries as including settler colonial countries. So that would be Australia, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa, the United States, etc. Uh, his belief that immigrants are flooding into white countries, they are just disrupting and and displacing white populations and that white people will essentially become a minority within quote-unquote their countries uh so his obsession as he puts it over and over and over again is quote it's the birth rates it's the birth rates it's the birth rates always typed out in all capitals and his prescription for the birth rates is sort of self-contradictory He believes, on the one hand, that focusing on anything other than directly attacking non-white civilians is a a waste of time. Why would you worry about having children with a white woman as a white man when you could just go shoot up a daycare or whatever? But at the same time, 
you are supposed to be concerned about birth rates among the white race. You are supposed to worry about this endlessly all the time, and it is just supposed to be a guiding light of your life, even though you're also not supposed to really act as though it's important because you're too busy doing terrorism. Uh, certainly, uh, I would find it slightly ridiculous for a man sitting on Maori land to be concerned that New Zealand is ceasing to be a white country when New Zealand is not a country and uh, the Brits have no legitimacy anywhere outside of the island now called the United Kingdom. As far as I, as part of the Irish diaspora, am concerned, I myself and my family and my kin and our history have more in common with the Maori than we have with the settlers in so-called New Zealand. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there, really, as far as this man is concerned. Uh, he also notably lists Islam. He's very, very openly Islamophobic. Now, I understand that there was a time where Islamophobia was a controversial word. I used to not like that word myself. I used to feel that, uh, you know, criticism of Islamic theology was not contributing to systematic discrimination against a Muslim minority, blah, 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 all that same Harris bullshit. I used to think that years ago, and I was wrong. Uh, I have met and talked to Muslim folks, and they have explained to me why that is wrong. And one of the fundamental things that I think is, is sort of an oversight on his part is he specifically alludes to the Serbian genocide of Bosnian Muslims as an attempt by white people to drive out a Muslim invader, which is odd because there are Muslims who live in Europe who are quote-unquote white, the Bosnians, the Chechens, etc. Now, don't get me wrong. Nazis did try to invade, invade Chechnya during Operation Barbarossa, and it went notably very unsuccessfully, even by Nazis in Russia standards. Uh, it turns out that Chechnya is a bad place to invade as a mechanized modern army, because it has a lot of mountains and angry Chechens with guns who uh, are very jealous of their freedom, and this is a good thing that should be encouraged. Uh, but he is notably Islamophobic, a word I do employ intentionally. He goes on and on and on about protecting Europe from Muslim invaders. And at one very hilarious, ironic point, he uh, decries the white people become a, a minority in their own countries and says that whatever you do, you must guard against becoming a minority. Becoming a minority inevitably leads to oppression. That is his exact quote. Becoming a minority in your country leads to inevitable oppression, be that a racial minority, or a linguistic minority, or a sexual minority, or a gender minority. It always leads to oppression. And I was sitting there reading this, and I thought, you know what? With a zero reflection on that, that would be a sentence I would agree with. Being a minority leads to oppression, and that's a bad thing. That's one of the threads that you follow that leads to my politics as an anarchist and an anti-fascist. He did not follow that thread. <laughs> he took another thread, and by following that thread, that little, little narrow path that turns into a highway that leads right off a cliff into Nazi bullshit, this man led to terrorist violence against a mosque. This is a terrible thing that this man did. He is absolutely not any kind of fucking hero. He's a coward who shot unarmed people with firearms he barely knew how to fucking use. 
and he notably went out of his way to to try to collude with law enforcement as well. He lists himself in his manifesto as saying that he will not fire on law enforcement unless fired upon because he, a white nationalist in a settler colonial country, considers law enforcement to be on his side. And he's correct about this, unfortunately. The law uh, in capitalist settler colonial countries exists to keep social systems of domination in power. It does not exist to protect your rights or your freedoms or what have you, especially if you are not part of that settler community. Um, cops are armed goons for capital and the state. They always have been. They always will be. And capital and the state and hierarchy and domination overall are what fascists view as sacred fascists view hierarchy and domination as sacred and inevitable and natural and holy they don't view them as artificial constructs that impede on our freedom they don't actually give a shit about freedom and that is why fascists are the mortal enemy of anarchists and basically decent people all over the entire world uh and speaking of all over the world uh i wanted to note that this was uh, the second non-American that we've covered on this podcast, the first being, of course, Benito Mussolini. Now, uh, unlike Benito Mussolini, I t deliberately chose not to name the New Zealand gunman. Uh, he himself was very, very clearly striving for fame and, and attention in the white nationalist movement. Uh, and I wouldn't want him to become a saint the way Dylan Roof is named a saint by the Bull Patrol podcast crew. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Bull Patrol is a white nationalist podcast that uh, encourages shooting up innocent civilians. And if you are arrested for shooting up innocent civilians in soft target terrorist attacks, they will list you as a saint. So that they've done this for Dylan Roof and various other shooters, St. Timothy McVeigh, etc. And I have no desire to add this particular scumbag to that, uh, you know, hall of fame, so to speak. Uh... But overall, this text was very, very screed-like. It was, it's, it had a sense of urgency to it, a sense of fr uh, franticness. I don't know if that's a word. This isn't a literary podcast. It's a book review podcast. But uh, it has sort of frantic, manic urgency to it. The idea that, like, no, 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 white people are real, and they're under attack, and they're coming for you. They're coming for your family. They're coming for your neighborhood. They're coming for whatever comfy, shitty suburb uh, full of fucking mediocre white people it is that you happen to live in. They're coming for you. They're coming for your barbecues and Budweiser's and pickup trucks and shit. Um, and you need to arm up. You need to go shoot up a daycare full of Jewish children right now. Uh, that's the overall tone of the text, and it calls for uh, him sort of resigning himself to his inevitable fate and calling on other people to emulate his acts, and it ends with images of basically white women, soldiers, and a sonnenrod, a black sun Nazi symbol laid over these images of warfare and homesteading. Now, myself, I'm in favor of homesteading. Homesteading sounds great. Um... I'd rather just not live in a Nazi dystopia, if at all possible. I'd rather just chill with my, you know, my neighbors, regardless of what color they are. Um, and I'd like to live in a world without racial and gender and class domination and just live in harmony with other human beings and with the earth. I don't feel that an ethnostate is necessary for me to do that. Um, and people who want to put their boot on my neck are generally my enemy because I don't want to have boots on my neck. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you don't want boots on your neck either. 
and in the continuing struggle uh, to not have boots on my neck, I will be back at some point in the future with more Nazi bullshit. But in the meantime, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Black and Red Book Review Podcast. This has been Doc, and I will be out in the streets and see you next time. Bye-bye, folks.